Hi everyone, Ian here. In this week's episode, we talk about a Netflix documentary called American Murder, The Family Next Door. We don't go into a lot of detail, but if topics such as domestic abuse or child abuse are particular triggers for you, please skip this part of the show. It starts at 18 minutes and 50 seconds and finishes at 24 minutes and 20 seconds. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that is more gravy than grave. Joining me, as always, is my favourite bit of undigested cheese. There are no other cheeses for Mises, Sean Perrick. I'm so excited for this episode, Ian, I can't even tell you. I love the moment, I love the moment, I love the moment so much, I love this film so much. I love this movie. So we'll give our ratings first, I give it a D-. minus. I would give this film the D. That's how much I love this yeah, film. Literally, literally. You're not even talking about Sexy Miss Piggy, who I actually prefer in in like kind of the housewife get up. That kind of does it for oh me. Oh my god, I know, she that wouldn't is do it for you so anyway, would it? good. And Patina and Belinda as well. Uh, no, I'm Patina. Whatever. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, we may not even talk about this film. We may just quote it. <laughs> uh, this is such a quotable film as well. It, I forgot how quotable it is. It's so, so good. Actually, here's here's one thing, right, to everyone listening, is this is potentially... We are gonna we're, we have some stuff to discuss at the very beginning of this episode, which we feel we needed to balance because it is quite possibly going to become the <laughs> purest episode we've ever done. As in pure, as in no filth, no, like, double entendres after this because we are just going to be like, and I love this bit, and I love this bit, and I love this bit. So we're going to talk about, like, Really hard hitting and unpleasant stuff first, just because <laughs> yeah. we like to offer a balance. We're not even getting it. We really will be, and then the the buckets of muppet gushing happens after that. Um, keep it. <laughs> like the lamp, not the rat. Like the lamp, not the rat, not the rat. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I wet myself so much. It oh. just calls him an idiot. Like just jumps over the bar to the gate, but then he just ah damn it! I forgot my thing. <laughs> You can walk through the bars. You're an idiot. <laughs> oh. oh, it's so good. Right, before we do that, to the news. News team, assemble! So, I mean, we just gushed for two minutes and we're really really happy but there is some genuinely sad news this week um yeah the the passing of the the man behind the mask the most probably iconic mask in all of sci-fi yeah i think that's fair yep um of course the actor david prowse passed this morning 29th of november um we are yeah uh, it's funny because i mean i think it's 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 fairly well known uh, by people of a certain age that of course he played the body of Darth Vader um, potentially some younger newer fans might not know but hey look because who who hasn't been in the suit at this point but as I, I was talking to my mum and dad about this today and I was like oh you know did you hear the news and my dad instantly went oh yeah the Green Cross Code Man died <laughs> because there was a series of safety ads back in the 70s and 80s where he taught kids how to safely cross the that road and that's incredible. how they've always remembered imagine it. that on your cv is like yeah i am the ultimate dark lord of the sith and um i, I teach traffic safety as well 
Was it? Anakin was making up for killing all the younglings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's got to do some, put some good into the world. So yeah, no, obviously it's sad, but it's a natural part of life. But it is a bit of it's a bit of sci-fi history that's no longer with us, isn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, I'd be fascinating to have. I'm sure there's loads and loads of interviews, but it'd be awesome to have a conversation with him about. Obviously, they they speak the lines as he does the actions, but it's not the same as. And he's still not going to be as famous as even James L. Jones. And yet he is Vader. There's actually... There's a documentary. um, I don't know if you've seen it. That he made um, a a few years ago now. But not too long ago. Where he talks about the bitterness that there was. Because they never told him. They never told him that he wasn't going to be the voice. Until he was sitting at the premiere. So basically George... And he... uh, curse the name of George well, Lucas doesn't, but... um, and um, oh no I have thoughts but we're not, that's know. not this pod okay that, that, that's, an, that's yeah. another pod I look forward to that um, and yeah it, it was it was actually it's quite a sad documentary because relatively recently he was still very angry about what had happened and I think now I, I it's been a couple of years since I've seen it so but I think he did play the body of Darth Vader for all three of the originals but I think there was sort of an understanding that after what had happened in the first one and you know the voice was replaced well obviously they weren't going to then recast James Earl Jones but I think something else was promised him that also didn't uh, come to pass and it was you, yeah it was a very it was not a nice uh, parting no. of the ways at the same point though do you need the same person behind the mask because he it is the Vader is the voice Everything about him is the voice, isn't it? I was going to equivalent. I mean, you're absolutely right. I was going to say it's the voice in the mask, but that only it supports what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like if you find somebody else who's the right dimensions, I mean, and I mean this with no disrespect, but Hayden Christensen did wear the suit yeah, did. at the end absolutely. of three. Um, so it is, it is a rough deal, definitely, and I don't like. Just be upfront. Just be honest. But yeah, no, he's um, yeah, it's sad. So a bit of sci-fi history has gone. Uh, rest in peace. Um, now, uh, next bit of news. I totally missed this. I saw a trailer for it, and that was it. The reunion for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but you've seen it. It. So uh, I was chatting. So yes, I watched it the other night. It's on HBO Max, um, which you can pay for. Um, and it, it, no, it's it's really really good. It is. So the, it, it, it's it's sort of oh, okay. It's it's a documentary in three parts, and the first two parts are. This sounds like a criticism, but it's really not. How great we are. But it doesn't yeah. come across that way, but that is what it is, right? And it's very nice. Reveling. A little bit, yeah. And it's very much, here's all how much we enjoyed our time and how it was a long-lasting show. And it, um, a, a friend of mine said he had turned it off after five minutes because he said he couldn't stand the amount of backslapping. And I went, I understand, because there is a lot of that in the first five minutes, but if you stick it out, it becomes less that, right? The middle What is th- wrong with people? Oh, I, I don't I mean know. this as an attack on your friend at all, but just... We want all of the bitchiness behind the scenes. I'm like, we don't. It's actually really nice to see just a cast of people that fucking that actually like on. each other. Yeah, no, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Now, on that, right. So the just the the middle third is effectively a twenty minute tribute to James Avery, which I was floods, oh awesome floods I'll of tears. Make that an hour. 
Yeah. Because um, uh, he's just wonderful. Uh, and of course, he has a Star Trek connection. He was in Star Trek Enterprise. He was indeed. Yeah. Um, in probably the most controversial Klingon storyline in Enterprise, yeah. where they try and explain the way the ridges. <laughs> I think they did it well. Um, Agreed. I love it. it for my head canon, it went. I now love this show because it explained things I needed explaining. I only wish then that those episodes had come in season two and not the final season. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's the middle third. And it is, it's lovely. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. And they're all crying and you feel it. It feels Aww. real. After, whether it is or not, it does feel very, very real. Oh, I um, bet it is. I might be naive, but I don't think Will Smith has a fake bone in his body. I, I think he is just now. genuine dude. Oh. So the final third. Oh, Sorry, I'm okay. doing a three number here. All right, so um, I'm not. Sh- so this is to the both of the Fresh Prince fans who are listening to this, right? Uh, I say that because it's obviously an older show. <laughs> Actually, that would fit our demographic. It probably would. Yeah the uh, the whole conceit of the show is Will Smith from West Philadelphia goes to stay with his aunt and uncle in Bel Air. It's in the song, and his aunt looks Wait, sorry, very. What di- song? Uh, what song? Uh, okay, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? All right. I think you're doing West it. Philadelphia, born and raised in the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, mixing, relaxing, all cool and awesome. Go when a couple of go- guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mum got scared. Did you move with your auntie and uncle to Belair? Are we doing? No, uh, we'll stop there. <laughs> because there's a middle verse that I never learned. No, because that wasn't uh, in the opening. It, there yeah, isn't, there's a middle verse that isn't in it, but it's in the song. But it jumps uh, straight to what's for a cab and when it came near. The license plate said fresh and there's dice in the mirror. Mirror. If anything I could say in this country. Y'all now forget it. You're home to Bel Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight and I said to the cab, you're home, see you later. I looked at my kingdom, I was finally there. And I sat on my throne as the fresh prince of Bel Air. I mean, I'm 50-50 whether I keep this in. <laughs> this is staying in the episode. I, I don't put my foot <laughs> down often, Ian. <laughs> you definitely but this is staying it. in the episode. You must, they must have had a different broadcast in Ireland because you were singing a different version of the song. <laughs> I, I'm, I have a fee- I've definitely, no, I have definitely seen a version of it, whether it's the pilot, I, I'm not sure, that has that middle eight in it. I think um, you're right, yeah. And, and the definite chop there. But anyway, right, so the final yes. thing. So uh, Aunt Viv, right? Aunt Viv in seasons one and two was played by Jeanette Hubert. Yes. And Aunt Viv in seasons three, four, five, six, three, four, five, six was played by... I feel terrible now because I don't remember the actress's name, but it wasn't Janet Hubert. Mm. And at the time, Will Smith was a cock. Oh, and they really? addressed this. So he was, so she got, so she got pregnant and she was in a very terrible situation. This is all, sorry, I'm quoting the thing now. And she was in a very terrible home situation. Mm. And she says that she had, she then shut herself off. And so all of the background footage you see of everyone high-fiving and laughing and everything. She wasn't doing any of that because she was in her feelings. She was in her head. She wasn't able to. And 21-year-old Will Smith didn't know how to handle this. Yeah. And... He said enough about her that the producers had it in their head that they didn't really want her around. Oh. So they offered her a deal which she couldn't possibly accept. Um, Refuse. And so, uh, oh, as in to no, carry no, on. no, no, no. She couldn't accept it. Oh, right. So oh. as it like it, it was terrible. 
It was, oh, and then she said, I, "Well, I can't say yes to this," and they went, "Okay, bye." Oh, that's. And then from there until this, so twenty-seven years, they have been. I mean, this is this is not a secret. They have been ripping lumps out of each other in the media, oh, and saying Jesus. quite horrible, hateful things. So comes up to this, Will Smith at you know fifty is wise and has been through life and you know and then this reunion was coming up and so he invited her to be a part of it and you can see initially they're all smiles and hugs and everything but you can see initially that she has things to say and i won't spoil it because it is so worth watching if you're a fan of the show if you're not a fan of the show it's still a good watch but um it is good it is well worth watching it's very very good they and they devote a good bit of time it's not one of those kind of and after 20 years we're all friends again they don't do that. It's a That's good kind of 25 minutes it? of the... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Very, very good. Really enjoyed it. So that was the start of my Friday night. That, and, right, okay. So that's an awesome segue into our, our informal recommendations and, and warns segment. Um, Showgirls. I, I feel like that's where your Friday night went to next. In, no. No, all right. Because you haven't... You, you, don't, you don't just get to drop that film title in like that. Because you haven't been hurt. <laughs> no, you have I, not this film felt has not pain. hurt me. It has not. I didn't... I, I know it has a reputation, but you're saying this, so we had a... We actually talk outside of the pod. Um, Lies. It, yeah, well, for like 30 seconds where we decide the insult of the week for Sean. Um, but yeah, I didn't realise... that This isn't even good-bad. This is bad-bad. Like, really bad-bad-bad. This is... It's its, its own... Cla- like, there's bad films like The Room. Okay, that's a bad film, yeah, but there is an yeah. entertainment value to how bad it is. This ain't that. Yeah, I mean, The Crown, uh, it, it has an entertainment value, but it's bad. I mean, we could talk about that. I'm nearly <laughs> finished season four of The Crown. Like, uh, but, um, so I have, I've actually, I, uh, I've, I've tweeted this out so you can find this on my Twitter, but I've set up a hotline for anyone else who feels personally victimized <laughs> by showgirls. Because, oh, my gentle gallop and Jesus. Uh, Ian, as I said to you, it's so rare a film lives down to the hype. <laughs> I but love my that God, It's so good, living down to it. What's it about? Uh, so, um, Elizabeth Berkeley, so Jesse Spano from Safe by the Bell. So we're getting yes. all the old 90s shows, all right? Uh, she, she wants to be a dancer in Vegas. That's her dream. That's how the film opens. She uh, gets a... Uh, she hitchhikes from a guy who is clearly going to murder her and for some reason doesn't and <laughs> you she wishing? goes to Vegas uh, by the end of the film I was uh, so she goes to Vegas and she gets initially she gets a job just in a uh, what is led to be a, a seedy strip club um, as opposed to and then <laughs> I class one she then eventually through convoluted gets a job in the high class strip show which is in one of the you know it's not the Bellagio but it's something it's like that it's probably um, the Luxor or something it's on the strip but it's exactly the the yeah. and there everyone in this film is awful oh no I mean awful Kyle MacLachlan who is an actual actor is in this film and is awful oh um, no. Elizabeth Burke so uh, allegedly so uh, through the Hollywood grapevine Allegedly, she took on this role to shed the Jesse Spano image, or like her agent thought this is yeah. a great career move for you, and you know often just get take the edgy role. Um, hey, it's possible. And, it, it, yeah. It's happened multiple times, and 
I mean, there's, there's no point in me talking spoilers because, I mean, you really won't care. Um, but she's naked for three quarters of the film and that's not a problem. Like, I've, it, it, it's, it is gratuitous and it's silly, but that's the problem with it. Yeah. It's not that it doesn't suit the character and it's not that... It's just the fact that, like... Why put why, this to film? Exactly. And that's it. There is not any story beats yeah what story are you trying to tell here i went and did my research because i'm nice and i thought no 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 no. i have to try and give somebody some props for this film i mean it is a objectively a well shot film Mm. um there is about three sets in it um uh, because one of them is one of the hotels in vegas you sort of forget that yeah that makes sense um and the director Paul Verhoeven he takes credit slash he takes the blame for her it is an awful performance but he says he directed her to do what she did so it was so the, he takes the blame yeah it was the the result that he wanted it's not a good result exactly um, so yes so all fairness to Elizabeth Berkeley, she was doing what a, what a very successful he was a successful film director he had made yeah, some absolutely. serious films I mean this is Mr. Robocop I mean, he yeah, exactly. has he has an odd vision, like the the so the the opening scene in RoboCop, not the opening scene, but the scene that creates RoboCop, where Murphy gets absolutely mutilated. That is the earliest memory I can have, or the earliest memory I have of realizing whoever made this film, you have a problem. There is something that is not right with you because you didn't just kill this man. Shotgun blast after shotgun blast, like limbs falling off, brutal. I was like, "This is gratuitous," and that's and that's something that seems to be. Uh, he did Basic Instinct as well, and he did he did Starship Troopers, which I will defend to the death. Oh, I right? love Starship Troopers. That's brilliant. Good, but gratuity is something that seems to be well, hand in hand with this. I would love to. I I honestly, God, I want to put you through this film. So I don't want to go too far into it okay. because I want your reaction. Um, so yeah. to anyone who is listening who has seen Showgirls, you just cringed. To anyone who is listening who hasn't seen Showgirls, you've probably just cringed. And <laughs> I, I, because I just, I, I need to share this with someone. Uh, okay, well, yeah. Let us know if you've seen Showgirls and what you think of it. Frank. I mean, <laughs> you must have seen Showgirls. I really think... Fra- yeah. <laughs> Tell us what Frank, you think. Frank, I'm speaking directly friend. to you. No. We are um, in your head but right no, now. let's... But, yeah. Oh, let's, uh, put, oh, let's put that one to bed. Ooh. However. Yeah, on, on the opposite side. Um, now, I struggle to... It, it, this is delicate, because I'm not going to say that I agree with making programmes about this subject matter, but... This is a very well put together documentary, and it's um, we both called it on Netflix. It's the um, American Murder, the Family Next Door. Um, yeah, so true story. Um, I would skip ahead about ten minutes or so because there's no way of talking about this without spoilers. Or can you? No, I think I, we sorry. Can. I, oh, we'll be re- we'll be. I promise we'll be really really careful. I would second that. I think if you haven't seen it, and I'm not a great one. I expose myself here for I tend to not do documentaries not all of them but I just because I've been put off by series documentary series kind of uh, this yeah. isn't that it's an hour and 20 it's a it's uh 
It's one and it's done. It's a one and done. Oh, and yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it is. It's a one and done. You, you and get it's your worth answer. it as well. And you know what? It This is the opposite. Well, I mean, it's the opposite of Showgirls in many ways, but it's the opposite in the sense that it's not gratuitous. <laughs> Sorry, I just, Sean, I just nearly lost Sean entirely. <laughs> I, I nearly lost my laptop. I nearly spitting my water all over it. It's, um, it's not gratuitous. It is manipulative. Like this, as all good murder... Oh, I say good... The caveat here is that this is a real story. A terrible, horrible, nasty thing happened. It, How- it is awful. Just, I, I'm... If... I mean, it sounds weird to say this about this. Look, if the topic of violence against children is a trigger, I would consider this your trigger warning. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, um, yeah, because that is... Doubt. Yeah, um, um, yeah, domestic abuse as well. If that, I mean, that should be a trigger for everybody. But if particularly that is something you're not, you can't deal with, yeah, steer well clear of this. Um, mm. The thing I wanted to say about it is that it takes you, it leads you in a certain direction. So where the blame is apportioned, it definitely leads you one route of this is where the blame is, and by the end of it, it is. It's, I mean, the story itself is the story because it happened so they didn't invent this but the way it's framed it then chucks it 180 so if if you it's hard to explain without spoiling it but if you haven't i would recommend not reading the story at all just go in and watch it because it sends you one way but then it, it lands somewhere where you you can kind of finish it and be like cool justice was done as such that was it. I'm sorry, sorry for speaking over you there, but just to double down on what you were saying, if you are going to watch this, don't Google it. You can't no, search this without. You won't appreciate so, it. Yeah. Um, but but it, uh, is, it is a fascinating study of self-delusion. Mm. Um, and do these people really believe the lies that they're saying? And I think they really do. And I'm saying they deliberately to not give anything away, but... I think they wholeheartedly believe their lies until they're faced with evidence that is so to the contrary that they have to then come forward. And there's a couple of moments Thanks. where you just go, oh, fuck. Nope, didn't see that coming. And some moments where there are admissions. And it is, yeah, it's really, really powerful. Because it's the real footage of... That's the other. The this is all done with police cam footage, CCTV, yeah. uh, Facebook videos, I think, yeah. as well. Text messages. Um, like, there is really uh, personal stuff. And I hesitate glorifying a murder. But at the same time, there are some trigger things that you can watch out for here. And the, the people you expect to be capable of something like this aren't the people you suspect. Mm. Mm. so yeah difficult to talk about i'd be fascinated to talk about this on twitter with people because it um yeah the murder stories can follow a very generic path and you can get a bit cynical towards it this kind of frames things a bit differently i really enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy a hideous story like this there's there's ways of telling a story which again uh, i suppose you might feel guilty for enjoying it. Exactly. But it is yeah. a well-crafted documentary. Narrative. Film. I will say it is a documentary film. Yeah. Not that it's um, fictionalised. Yeah. But 
and the I think, reveal of certain information yes. comes in other ways. Yeah, and I think the title is very deliberate. Um, but you you can't be very deliberate or a little deliberate. The title is deliberate. Family next door. This could be anybody. And I think that's the point of the documentary is that it doesn't give anything away until it needs to. Um, so go and watch it. Unless you have specific triggers for that, go and watch it. It's fascinating. It really, really is. Yeah, absolutely. And it really did make me think about Muppet Christmas Carol. I mean, there so, is there uh, is no way there's to no segue. segue. There's literally this. no segue here. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a depressing <laughs> twenty minutes, and now we're going to talk about the Muppets. <laughs> All right. So th- this this is our apology. To everyone who has managed to graft through the last however many minutes. You know what, as, is... a, as a palate cleanser, I might just stick in the actual Fresh Prince of Bel-Air rap here. And now onto the Muppets. <laughs> that works for me. That works for me, 100%. Brilliant. Oh my god, right. So, oh, I had a... Sorry, I had a on. conversation with a friend of ours the other day. You might have heard of him. His name is Albert Hogan. Um, and <laughs> yeah he's the guy who just stepped out to the bathroom for the recording of this episode yeah for a week he'll be back next week he hasn't seen this film yeah so he sent me he sent us this list we have a little group chat surprisingly um, and he sent us a list of films that he hasn't seen and I was like I was doing something else uh, I wasn't pooping but I was doing something else where I couldn't reply so I scrolled through scrolled through scrolled, and I was like Muppet, there are some films on there that are shocking that he hasn't seen, but this one hit me to the core because this is Albie's film. I mean, it, it is pure joy. Even the bits that are for a Muppet film for children, not joyful. It's still joy. It does and, the shit sandwich but, really well. It's like it's a little miserable bit of shittiness, but surrounded by two side splitting jokes. And I think as well, what I what was most surprising to me that Albie hadn't seen... The poor man, like, we're just blasting him on the show. But anyway, the f- most surprising thing that the motherfucker hadn't seen it was that <laughs> it was... It came out in 1992, right? Yes. So it's it's very much in our childhoods. Now, in fairness, you were struggling with nappies and walking when you were two. So you get a bit of a pass <laughs> on this one, all right? I only just nailed the latter last week. Did you though? Wow. Did you? Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. You have you have a rivita and go to bed. Um, yeah. So I was I was four when this came out. I was born eighty eight. Uh, just for anyone who's trying to commit identity fraud. Um, fraud. <laughs> shut up! I was hoping you wouldn't pick up on that one. Who must my tongue speaking? suddenly became too big for my mouth as my jo- joy filled. You need to have um, a word with your puppeteer. This... Sorry, your muppeteer. I, I really do, Jim. Are you all right? He's got the um, hand in the wrong place. Yeah, exactly. Control the mouth, not the other bit. Um, <laughs> Light the ramp, not the lap. <laughs> Light the ramp. Light the ramp, not the lap. <laughs> I don't know what hey! So what, it's not just me then who's on the wine oh, tonight, is it? Oh, dear. Um, and Something yeah, it's Albert, just, I, d- I can't remember. Childhood, that was it. Uh, childhood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's it. It's just it's so because I grew up with this. I say grew up with, it, but I saw it when I was four or five. No, grow up is um, right. Like I saw this every year for probably seven years straight. I I I did, I did the thing right, the stereotypical thing where I watched it. Let's say until I was eleven, and then not again until I was twenty-two. <laughs> because teenager, oh, I'm so cool. Oh, Much as I like cool. to think I wasn't yeah. that. I absolutely was, you know, <laughs> blasting Evanescence on my 16th birthday. Go like, oh, bring me to life. By the way, I still bring love Evanescence. Me. They're really, really good. 
Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this film, this Ian, film. this film. Oh, no. So it is the benchmark that I measure all other Muppet films to. I despise the 2000 and. Sorry, uh, 2000 and. What's the one with your man from Hiccups? That's going to make for oh, that's yes. going to make for an interesting next half an hour. Is um, it Muppets Most Wanted? Or? No, the Muppets. So that was shit as well. But the one before that, it, I think it was just called The Muppets the Movie or something. I think you're um, is that the guy from Jason How I Met Your Mother, Jason Siegel. That's it. Um, Stephen Siegel. No, I've not seen slightly it. Less popular brother. Um, but no, it's horrible. It's it. <laughs> it's absolutely rubbish for me. I just it it. It's, it, now, it's actually, like Tom and Jerry from last week. It just felt unnecessary. And it tries to like revamp the Muppets. Because the, the premise of the story is the the famous theatre that the Muppet show was done in is going to be closed down. They have to save it. It is too meta. Like The Muppet films are meta, but this is Muppet meta, the meta movie does meta. I didn't like it. Grant, that's, that's the last we speak of this. Sorry. So, no, 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 no. Because I don't, we, we owe the people joy. We really do. Sorry, I'll just say the, the, uh, the benchmark. Like, even if the Muppet film was great, it would still not be as good as the Muppet Christmas Carol. It is fantastic. Do you know what it is as well? Right to the literary fans in the world, the Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the better adaptations of Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. It's really, really faithful to the source material while still being very much a Muppet film. Yeah, it doesn't add a lot it just morphs it into the muppet world yeah um the gags in this film like the sight gags in particular are just they just they come hard and fast they come oh my god um the whole opening song is iconic it is but even before the song um the the watermelons that are in the back of the car and they're just like help me i'm being stolen that's got nothing to do with anything who wants a boomerang fish thrown <laughs> away? It comes right back to you. <laughs> what? And then it's like, get your chicken, get your turkey, get your turkey. <laughs> but all of the vegetables and all of the animals are Muppets. They're cannibals. The Muppets are oh, yeah. cannibals. And they mix it really well, don't they? Is it like, you know, between the Muppet to real ratio? <laughs> the the, the, the Muppet to prop ratio. Yeah, it's like, does this need to be a prop? I love no, it. The humans are ridiculous. props. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the cucumber? No, come on. Yeah. Cucumber is a cucumber. The vegetables, the other vegetables, they are all Muppets. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, brilliant. it's so then, good. Oh, just the, the cats and... There's one rant... So the one thing that was like, you know... Why is so Tiny Tim at one point? I think it's Tiny Tim is sitting on one of the windowsills. It's the only time you ever yes. see a frog not in the uh, vicinity of Kermit the Frog, and I was like, "What did that kid do? That he got put up on <laughs> on a? Oh my God! Did he fall off the ledge? Is that why he's now Tiny Tim? Oh no! It could, I was half expecting the window to just like slam behind him. Yeah. It's fine. Um, but oh, the, the rev- so I, I watched this with my partner last night, and she had never sorry the other night she'd never seen it either. But I didn't know she hadn't seen it. So thank God I didn't like I don't know reveal anything because yeah. the reveal of Scrooge rewatching that through her eyes is fantastic because mm-hmm. she was like is that is that Michael fucking Kane? I was like yeah that's Michael fucking Kane. It's Michael F Kane. And immediately she was like well, that's genius. Like, that is such a good bit of casting. And he... Uh, oh, I 
I'm sorry, you can keep your Alfies, you can keep your Get Carters, you can keep your Italian yeah, jobs. That. This is the definitive this is my Michael Caine performance. Um, and it, but yeah. you joke, but it is a heartfelt performance. It, it's solid. It's really good. It, he's so miserable at the first half. He is on the verge of tears for the middle third, and he is pure joy at the end. It is such a yeah. tight and good character arc. Um, I mean, the dad dancing. You can't <laughs> see me dancing. I can't remember the song, but That's it's right. brilliant. It's in the singing of the street corner oh. choir. It's going home and getting warm by the fire. This camp was rare. Yes. Um, so we have our narrator, who is the great Gonzo slash Charles Dickens. Um, yeah, is that and brilliant? You have the sidekick to the narrator, who is Rizzo the Rat. He's here for the food, and he's most definitely here for the food. Um, and he, you know, he's this is just Gonzo. Gonzo has no powers except for the fact that he's, you know, omniscient. <laughs> it's like, how did he do that? It's like, how do you know yeah. this is going on? And then he went into the bed and turned all of his lights. <gasps> Wait a minute, we're not in there. How did you do um, that? And the first, the first godlike power that he, you know, shows is, you know, this is. Oh, first of all, sorry, we have to open. Go back to the very start <laughs> of this <laughs> podcast and remember. The Marleys were dead to begin with. Yeah, none of the rest of this will make sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Can we call the podcast that episode? We'll find out when this is released, whether Ian took this or not. Um, but yeah, so he turns around and says, uh, you know, we, you will meet Ebenezer Scrooge when he comes around that corner. When? Oh, it's so good. No. <laughs> brilliant. Doesn't miss a beat. It's so good. What's brilliant is that he says, yeah, the story starts with yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge. And you can all, the way he says it is almost like he's about to walk around the corner then. But there's still the pause where I was like, well, how do you know that? And he's like, eh, now. It's like two two bits where he could have come in. Oh, it's so good. When a cold wind blows, it chills you. <laughs> chills you to the bone. It's such a good song. Now cheese is <laughs> for us, Mises. Oh, uh, I realise that by singing all of these, we are about to get slapped with a lawsuit from Disney, but worth it. Oh, I mean, if they anybody starts going through the back catalogue, we've got Fox, we've got um, Paramount, Disney. Ian, Ian, there is no need whatsoever to bring attention to this right now. Sorry, 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 sorry stop, stop, okay. stop. Pay no attention to the as, man behind the curtain. As your copyright manager, I feel like I need to uh, oh, have a conversation I, uh, with you off air. So screwed. Um, so yes we get the fantastic There Goes Mr. Humbug song Um, again brilliant Muppet work I mean you know you're young so you are right like we need to address this he is two years no we don't he is two years older than me and acts like it's 25 years exactly yeah this little boy over here doesn't understand what real life is has not lived in any way yeah, not at all, you know you. nothing's happened not not even a little bit Good. yeah um <laughs> but no but addressing your youth for a minute has this does this film look 28 years no old it doesn't you? i actually I, it doesn't at all the muppets movie looks i'll stop being negative now looks more dated looney tunes back in action looks more dated than this 
and this is rammed full with Muppets. And it, it's on a closed mm. set, obviously. Like, the, the whole set is invented and made up. Um, so maybe that helps, because this is more like Fraggle Rock. Like, Michael Caine and the humans are in the Muppet world rather than the Muppets being in the human world. And I think that's why it holds... And being a period piece helps as well. That's why it holds its age, because... I think it's yeah. in the past, so that that works well for human films as well as Muppet films. But no, you're right. Um, I recently I did a rewatch of the film Amadeus, which if you've never seen it, stop right now and go and watch Stunning it. Stunning film, but, long, uh, settle in. It is. It's, it's three hours, yeah. Uh, but like that, it's set you know 1800s, and you know it's all period period costumes. And because of that, because it was made in 1984, doesn't look it. Yeah, absolutely. You know. There's nothing really to age it. And that's what this film is. It, it doesn't look it. It doesn't age in the same... You know, the, and there's no... I was going to say silly computer graphics. I love computer graphics. I'm a sci-fi fan. No, but, but the time... None in, that would... Yeah, yeah, in all seriousness, the time travel graphic, especially the first one with the, the Ghost oh, yeah. of Christmas Past, is so good. Like, you could use that today. It's just the, the swirling background, then they swirl, and then they unswirl. It's very, very simple, but it's bloody cool. And I think this might be the other reason why this is my favourite Muppet movie. It has time travel. You slap some time travel on something <laughs> and I will 100% like it. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Muppets. Wait, the, back to the Future is going to happen and you're actually going to watch it. Um, yes, so I am. we... <laughs> we um, we, oh, we love this film so much. So the Ghost of Christmas Pass is a bit creepy. Uh, the Muppet, the like the oh the little, little girl, girl face, yeah. like that face. I'm the ghost of Christmas that was. Oh, that I bring you love. There's a bit of uncanny valley about her. That face isn't right. Good, she's a Muppet. <laughs> well, no, but there's no uncanny valley about Kermit or Beaker. Um, you know, actually no, sorry. On the subject of that, why does the Swedish chef have human hands? Hurdy gurdy gurdy gurdy, and his hands are just like, all the better to creep you out with, oh, my dear. Just going all over the place. I'm just expecting one of the other hand to chop off the other one accidentally because you can't you can't see shit. Yeah, well, well we did. <laughs> he's, he's a very successful chef in Sweden. Yeah. Um, oh, the lines though. You know, this is a what's it? Christmas is foreclosure season. For oh, the for the more, yeah, uh, what a harvest season for the moneylenders. It's so good, and that's the the earliest bit of joy that you see come from him. Um, oh, he's so happy saying it. And how do they get so much emoting out of a puppet frog? It's, it's all in the beak, not the beak. The 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 scrunching mouth. Yeah, the snout. I have. I'm not. So I've, my parents have a pet snake, um, and when it oh, when, nice. when it yawns. It looks like Kermit, because if you've ever seen a snake yawn, it opens its mouth impossibly wide, but then the bottom bit, because it has no bone at all, obviously it's a snake, it has no bone, mm. it just kind of curls up over itself, and it crinkles, and he just looks like Kermit the Frog, and it's it's that emoting through the like, oh. But if you please, sir, half an hour off hardly seems customary for Christmas Day. <laughs> I can't. I am Kermit the Frog. And then all oh, the rats, the bookkeepers. Oh, it's so oh. it's so cold in here. Yeah, <laughs> like, ask him, ask him, ask him. Well, it's a lot cl- colder on the unemployment line. Heat wave. <laughs> this is my island in the sun. Oh, 
it's so good watching it through the eyes of my partner who had never seen it like i'm i was finding it funny for the 15th time it was reassuring to see her find it funny for the first time because like it's not just me this is is it one of those films that's and that hopefully answers the question is it one of those films that's good because you're nostalgic about it or is it a good film? It works on both levels. It slaps the yeah. nostalgia. It is, it is hilarious if you're watching it for the first time as well. Um, the bit that absolutely killed her was when um, Gonzo is absolutely sick of Rizzo's shit entirely, um, and Rizzo's like, "Oh, where am I? Is it jelly beans or?" I left my jelly yeah, beans. Where, where over are my there? jelly beans? Yeah, and then he pulls yeah. out, it's like, "Oh, here's the jelly beans. Do you want one?" And Gonzo's just like turned away from him. I was like. Turns around and obviously his beak is so big. Rizzo just goes hmm, and pecks him on the beak and goes. I was like, I'm so done with this. This is now what she does to me. If if I'm like, I'm sick of your shit. She's like, ah, kiss. <laughs> you can't be angry with that. You just can't. It's the cutest damn thing, and I really hope yeah. it was ad libbed. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Rizzo actually went to improv school for quite a long oh, time. Oh, it shows. Um, it shows. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, he he was he was really like, I know this like the back of my hand. All right, describe it. Uh, there's a mole behind my thumb. Yeah, uh, there's a freckle. Uh, not, <laughs> not your not hand. Your hand. Uh, um, but uh, so I mean, the, the the story is is obviously quite simple. If we haven't somehow explained that yet, uh, man who is not a very nice man is given one chance by the spirit of his old partner, who is now in. We are led to believe purgatory i don't think they go this isn't a fire and brimstone kind of movie but, no um, he's just in yeah. a place where you don't want to be yeah. where marley yeah. and, and marley Ooh. took me an embarrassing as i said to you right i've seen this film i think every year for the last at least the last 10 years right and it took me an embarrassingly long time because in the book there's only jacob marley yes I didn't read Robert Marley. Bob Marley. It's hilarious. Is one of the brothers. And it t- I just, you know, <laughs> could know because I saw it so young, never picked up on it. Yeah. I saw, oh, okay, it was just Robert Marley. Okay, that's fine. Let's go. <laughs> oh, this is brilliant. It's so clever. Yes. Um, and so it's Statler and Waldorf as well. It is. They're, they're brilliant. I'm so glad they worked them into it. Um, everyone gets a little cameo. Like I really like Beaker and the scientists. Um how much can I put you down for? Meep, meep, meep. Nothing, nothing. Uh, all I like his nephew. His nephew is one of the few human characters. Oh, I don't like him. Um, what did we say? What did we say oh, going no into this section of the podcast? I'm with Scrooge, he's not that happy. Like nobody is that happy. Yes, he did because he likes to declare about Christmas. Although it's never put a uh, a shilling in his pocket, he declares it good. Well, he's just a moron then. Like he can't even articulate why he likes it. Fuck! Do you see what I'm dealing with, people, or do you hear what I'm dealing? There is with? a. It's like here's the happiest, nicest Christmas film ever made, and he finds fault. Oh, rightly so. It, if 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 you don't find fault, you can't appreciate the good. It doesn't mean anything. If everything's good, it becomes meaningless. Everything just becomes normal. Well, then at this stage, Ian, I've found a fucking lot of fault in you, I can tell you, because I love you. <laughs> oh, I don't know how to take that. I'm going to take it happily. Oh. Good. Nice. Shut up. Good. Um, there's a beautiful oh. bit of writing, which is, oh, what is it about the, he's got in, about him not having enough money to give to charity, but, and then his nephew chimes in. 
it's it's because it's that that is most certainly true and i can't afford to give money to charity that is most certainly not true oh that's it yeah i can't say what yeah. he's his nephew chimes in and says yeah that's most certainly not true that's he says that true not true but yeah, yeah I, it's really yeah. just really succinct way more succinct than i could come up with oh he was not happy whatsoever not a happy bunny um and all they want is so, so I, the, the other cool little meta joke is that what do you get for christmas if you've been bad you get coal the irony here that Scrooge giving the rats coal is a good thing is genius. That like just tickled my ribs. So good. So actually, hasn't the world changed its priorities? Hasn't it just? We've gone from things that serve us to toys. Yeah. Wouldn't heat be nice? Or wouldn't a pair yeah. of slippers be nice? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. to the iPhone. Never mind. Well, old man rant, let's not do that. So... What's your favourite bit of the film? What's the bit that? Where's your do it? What's your biggest laugh out loud moment? And what's your biggest heart jerking moment? Oh, um, I I don't know if I have because all right, some bits that are jumping to mind. I love uh, Sam the Eagle is very very funny as the headmaster, (laughs) Um, and that is the American way. Hey Sam, English. That is the British way. <laughs> and then he looks around him like, "Who just it's said that?" It's the only me? time that uh, Gonzo interacts with the characters in the story, and the headmaster's just like, "The fuck did that come from?" That that's definitely a standout moment. Miss Piggy at the end, when you know oh, he, he, so Scrooge is doing the fake out. Yeah, does she yeah. does the shouting? Well, I have a mind to give you a piece of my mind. Uh, oh, just. <laughs> Miss Piggy, you love her or hate her? I love her. No, I love um, her. I don't think she does... A, uh, there's a discussion there, but I, I, I like what she does in, in this, this movie. Yeah, I think she's yeah. brilliant. And then, of course, like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat! Not the rat, not the lamp! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> don't like the rat! It's the fact that Gonzo just looks at him and he's like, panic, but then, solution. It's like, I'm sorry, and push. Modern problems need modern solutions. They absolutely uh, do. Square peg, me round uh, hole. What? What? I'm sorry. Tear jerker moments. Um, the oh bunny. God. The uh, bunny. This does it to me every time. It's when. Oh, the bunny shaking in the shaking in the newspapers. Scrooge has like kicked him out because he's just singing at the door. Doesn't give him any fucking launches. What does he launch at the bunny? A wreath. A wreath. Yeah, <laughs> Fred, the nephew, wreath. hangs a wreath. <laughs> sorry. And it's of course, not you know, bunny, but it wipes out this bunny. Really does like it's skulls. It does the pan across the town, and the bunny is shivering in the newspaper. Oh man, that crushes my little ice heart. It was really rough. And it's like it's. I mean, this is this is this is a kids' film, though. Yeah. But it does it in a way that's very very sad. Yeah. But not. It doesn't not linger too long. Exactly. It isn't yeah. traumatizing. Um, uh, not the traumatizing bit. It's the ghost of uh, Christmas Future. Yeah, that is really rough. He's terrifying. Yeah, he really is. Um. But on the, um, sorry, the Christmas past ghost, the bit that it always sticks a tear in my eye, and this is all Michael Caine, when he is pleading with her, please do not show me that Christmas. Don't show me the Christmas where she leaves me. I I don't want to play this game anymore. Take me home. And do you know what? Somebody in the editing lab listened. Because yes. when I was younger, um, this song, When Love Is Gone, 
was very much in the this so i was i watched it the other night and i sent a, so for some reason recently uh usually a link when you send it online will come up with a little preview or yeah. image or something but recently for whatever my phone is not doing the preview image so I don't, I don't know if it came up on your phone but it didn't on mine so from ian's point of view he just saw you know a string of basically you know viruses and i was like hey watch this <laughs> oh, and this i got back sure. from him yeah tomorrow maybe um but it was, it's because the, the scene, I don't know, it was cut for, I think it was on the VHS release. Yeah, because I remember On this. any DVD or streaming, because I watched this now on Disney Plus yes. the other day, and it's not in the Disney But I don't know why, because later on, there was a callback to this song. It's like the reprise of this song yes. happens. The love we found. Exactly, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's boring. Oh, it's boring. But it's, it is important. Maybe it is too much of the same. But it is crucial. Yeah. But And I remember it. I, I, it could be that invented memory where like the, the collective delusion, everybody remembers that film mm. that didn't actually happen. Might be an invented memory, but I'm sure I remember watching it on the VHS, which I will have no doubt worn out. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a gut punch. Like He is pleading with her, please just take me home. I don't need to relive any of this. This is why mm. I'm the bastard I am now. Um, do you think he jumps a bit from bastard to I love everyone? I think. I mean, yes. That, well, that's do you, actually no. Do you know what? Yes, but we look at it with. A, I suppose we are looking at it at a twenty twenty vision, but also like the world is a more cynical place than yes. it was. Obviously, when the story was written. Mm. Um. And even when it was filmed, and that's fine. That's look, it is what it is. That's fine. And so yeah, like if say somebody were to come to this brand new, say your partner for example, might be like, ah, oh, bloody hell! Like you know, all it took was a bit of a clip around the ear. But I think that in the context of this film, it sort of speaks to the fact that the good was always there. Mm. He was just hiding behind the bad because it kept him safe. He didn't have relationships who could hurt yeah. him. You know. Um, and then he, I think he wasn't really paying attention to the effects or or the consequences of his actions. Yeah, um, I mean, he still gives them all Christmas Day off. Like, he could have been a bastard and said, no, you're yep. all working Christmas. So there is a little bit of foreshadowing that there's the good person in there. That leads me on to two questions, and I can't help it. I just I pull films apart, even children's films. Go for it. So, decades and decades of misery... Why the fuck are they doing it now? Why not give him this message earlier? Like, why wait until he's older than God to do it? Was it a way to save Tiny Tim? Yeah, but do it was in it the that this was the moment earlier, and he, he is might, saved. He might not have been sick. No, no, he might not have been sick the previous year. So it could have been. I think uh, to honestly answer the question, I think it was a combination of time, and either he was if. If Tiny Tim had died in a situation that he could have prevented, yeah. but he didn't have the wherewithal to do anything about it, it would have pushed him further. Like he would have carried the guilt. Yeah, then that's true. Of so maybe having the death kind of on his. I conscience. might have answered my own question as well because maybe this is the only point where it sticks. So if they do it twenty years earlier, he gets the message, but it doesn't stick. But hammering mm. home that if you don't change Tiny Tim goes and this is what you're missing out on and this is what people think this is the perfect this is peak Scrooge 
He can't get any meaner, but the shock will keep him nice and it will he'll carry on doing his charity work and whatnot. Yeah. And I think if just to uh, just to finish this point, if if Tiny Tim had died and he had kind of gone down, he was already he was on the lip of the rabbit hole. I think mm. he he was he was a baddie, but he wasn't a villain. Yes. Right, he was he was on that cusp. If Tim had died, I think he would have gone villain because for whatever reason, like Bob Cratchit would have missed a day's work for the funeral. Yeah. Although knowing Bob, he probably wouldn't have. But anyway, yeah. um, and that would have pushed him. Yeah, maybe. And would then have I think so. The f- and then the final. So when he's talking to the Ghost of Christmas Future, and you know he's obviously had his experiences, and he's got up to the where I I will change, I will change. And the Ghost of Christmas Future points him at the grave, and it's not the death that scares him; it's the reputation. Yes. It's the, that's how people think of it. And this is where I think it comes back to, like, he just, he, he, he had a really small, you know, circle of influence or circle yeah. or, or of whatever. And, you know, once he started to let people in, he started to care. So that hopefully answers your first question. What's your second question? Um, or have I answered it? No, I think that was it. It was, why, yeah, was that the, un, yeah, why do it then and not later? No, that was it. Um yeah, the other thing was that it, it happens very quickly, but um, but that that kind of answers it, to be honest. But there's no need to pull apart this Muppet film either, to be completely honest. I know, no, it's it's really nice because <laughs> it it's, it's a lovely message. I think it is. I think one of the core nice things that Dickens was trying to write, um, and I'm looking around me here. I've read the book, lads. Just watch the Muppets film. It's a good story. <laughs> Muppets tells the good story yes, better. Yes, it does. All right. Um, I think it's the, the central idea is there is good in everyone. You know, you are not as far gone as you think you yeah. are, but sometimes you need someone to take you by the hand, which yeah. is quite literally what the ghosts yeah. do. And step outside of yourself and, and see yes. see how the world sees you. It's a good message. I think everybody needs to watch this film. And um, every time of year, not just Christmas, this needs to be a, a year-long film. I mean, I'm not going to rush to disagree with that. Although I do feel December starts with this film. It does. It, man, it is... It hasn't been my yearly tradition, but I think it's going to be back again because it's just laughed, laugh after laugh after laugh. I'm trying to think, what's the other... There's another moment that absolutely slays me. Well, while you're thinking of it, there, there's obviously a few... There's the imagined future where uh, Tim bites the dust. Yeah. Um, and there's when he's... One bit that always gets me is when he goes... Well, he, they don't see him, but when he's in the room with his uh, nephew and they're playing the uh, the 20 questions game. Oh, yeah. You know, am I animal or mineral or everything? And it's an unloved, unwanted creature. Oh, it's hideous, It's Ebenezer it? Scrooge. That's what you jumped to and you, first. Uh, and, and you know what? You, you've seen how mean he is and you've seen how greedy This shouldn't be a surprise to him. Nice. And it's hard. And you, you genuinely, like, I'm right here in yeah. the boob. Right? Right here in the boob. <laughs> right in the tit. Uh, is, right in the, right yeah, in the... It's where I feel it. I'm just like, no. Right in the sphinx tit. Yeah. But it's, like, he's playing along. He's he's playing along with a Christmas game. He's like, oh, I like this. This is great. Until he's the punchline. And there's a shade, still a shade of himself. It's only very small now, but, um, I, I, I the, you know, is it, you know, does it have whiskers or something? And, it, and he goes is it a cat? And then his niece goes, is it a cat? And he goes, I said that first. Yeah, that little... So there's still a shade. He's not mean, entirely redeemed Mean-spirited yeah. bit of him, isn't it? 
Um, The songs. Let's talk about the songs. Because I think these songs are... I'm not a fan of musicals, but every song in this is fantastic and it does something and it pushes the story along yeah, we're going to work you around to musicals no, don't I worry we'll, we'll choose a careful selection and please anyone listening to this please come up now with introductory musicals don't come at us with phantom which is a good musical but not that one all right introductory musicals. my context but anyway, is the king of uh, eye and the sound of music they're the two that i've seen the most okay i don't know i mean i have a list and i'm sure albert has a list oh god um but yeah, so the Scrooge, yeah, love the Scrooge on to start. I love the It's Only One More Night Till Christmas. Yeah. Um, I listen to that every Christmas Eve. It's it's kind yeah. of offbeat, yeah, isn't it? The the last, um, I can't even think of it in my head. I'm, I'm like movie scores. There's only one more night till Christmas. Christmas. There's a little scene there. Um, apparently, if you look for it, the, this the kind of scene is in every single Henson film is in the bit where he says Christmas and he stands there in the square and he looks up at the moon and the shooting star goes by and apparently that shooting star oh, is in every cool. single Henson that's film. Really so that's cool. where it is, folks, if you're looking this for This isn't it. Jim Henson though, is it? This is his son. This is Brian Henson. Jim Henson, yes. I believe, had died at this yes. point. Um, um, oh man, oh, I, just keep, I just keep saying how good this film is. It's just so It's good. so lovely. It's just so heartwarming. Anyone who doesn't like this film is wrong. Oh yeah, right. I, 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 I will do. You know, I, I will I mean, take. It that is objectively it is... good. Um, I didn't. I wish I'd have done a bit more research. The set design on this is phenomenal. Like, brilliant, isn't it? it like I said, yeah. they've put it in a Muppet world, but it just looks so, so good. It's so it Christmas. Yeah, I'd have to. You're, you're, you're the expert here on the line of the monarchy in the United <laughs> Kingdom, but I think <laughs> this is set in Victorian times. Yeah, why not? Cool. Pointless. That's that's great. That 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 uh, fits into your uh, your genealogy of um, the monarchs. Pointless unit of measurement. So that's fine. It's as yeah. Just use feet and inches. It's fine. You don't like yards then? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's where I put my trees and my pond. Isn't the foot a measure of a king's foot? I don't know. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, but it's pretty. It looks great, and they do like a big. There's a huge. I don't know if you call it a diorama or a modern yes. of the the rooftops of London. That's brilliant. It's stunning. Um, yeah, Michael Caine, just brilliant. Oh god, I yeah. don't want to don't want to not like, talk about because he has he he does he has a hard job yeah. of making you care about these various muppets you're seeing. And that, but that's it. If you don't act seriously and if you don't take the role seriously, everyone knows you're in a muppet movie. I don't know yeah. that Michael Caine is acting with muppets. He is mean to these people. He's mean to Kermit the Frog. He is mean to the rats, as if they are, as if they are people. And he he fucks with Miss Piggy, as if she's a real person as well. And I think that's why, that's what is missing from some interactive cartoons type of films. And you really get, yeah, like you get the feeling that they're in the room yeah. together. Now, obviously they are, but you know what I yeah, mean. Like really it's are. that it's. Oh, I love it. Oh, I gush, like gush, gush. Film. Anything else you want to say about the Muppet it's, movie? Um, just, it's a, I mean, it's a really good morality tale, you know, especially this time of year yeah. when we can all become very consumed by consumerism. And look, some people work in that industry and that's fine. You know, whatever pays the bills. Ah, yeah, um, it's a joy. And uh, <laughs> yes, um, it's, yeah, sit back, take stock. See what's important. And don't worry, um, little little Timmy's going to be okay. Tiny Tim's going to be fine. 
That is so... God bless us, uh, everyone. everyone. Oh, it's so crushing. That was the dark. Fish. That's the... Yeah, I mean, like... Uh, for, ostensibly, this is a ghost story. Yeah. Right? Um, it's just not a horror. No, it's but not. But there is, you know... You know, for Dickens times, you know, the the the, the door knocker turning into a face... Yeah, all right. A bit spooky. You know, Charles, there's, there's kids in the audience, I wouldn't Charles. have dismissed that quite as easily as um, Mr. Kane does. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at the self-delusion. Yeah, like, yeah. Bit no, of cheese, bit fine. of cheese, bit of cheese. Yeah. Mm. And, and digested bit of cheese or beef. What gravy than grave about you? Oh, that's actually a good thing. You should make that the uh, name. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Muppet Christmas Poddle? Oh no, that sounds awful. That sounds like something went really wrong with a Muppet and a Blender. <laughs> you had to do it. We got so close to being PG. We weren't going to get the explicit Oh, it still rating. is PG. Well, you're not if I put it um, into, like, release it as two separate parts. <laughs> yeah, alright, that's fine then. Ian, last, any, any, anything else oh, sorry, that man. you want to say I about this wanna, film? I just want to quote the film, but it, I've just gone blank. I can't remember any of the other quotable bits. Um, oh, no, yeah, that's it. Um, it's when... Oh, it's when... Um, it's when Rizzo is like right at the top of the fence. It's like Gonzo tells him to jump, and Rizzo's just like, "Now there's two things I hate: heights and jumping from them." <laughs> it's so good, but then he jumps, and it's like, "Save my God, save my little broken body!" Mist just completely does not catch him. Uh it's so good. I think the funniest bits are between. Um, between Rizzo and um, and Gonzo, it's so so good. It's that meta humor just gets me. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Um, no, it's brilliant. It's so good. Um, yeah, if you haven't watched it, what's wrong with you? Um, go and watch it now. It's brilliant. We love it, love it. Like the lamb, not the rat. Um, so what what we're gonna do for Christmas this December? If you hadn't noticed, is gonna be a month of Christmas pods. Um, we tried to put a bit more of a format on it, but we just decided to pick two. Um, to each, really, that um, are mm. each other's favourites. So Muppet Christmas Carol, though we both love it, love it. That was um, Sean's first mm. pick. That's one of mine. That spoiler. was one of yeah. one of Sean's. Next week we're going to do one of mine. Um, we're going to do Home Alone. Yay! Yes. Now this is my every year film. Um, uh, spoiler: This is going to be another. We love this. Another film gushy, gushy, episode. gushy love film. Um, yeah. I will pull it apart a bit. Because there's some shit that don't make sense. Um, well, there's a couple of really obvious ones, but we'll get to that yeah, next Yeah, and week. also, we'll he should be in prison. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, th- thank you for listening to us gush about A Muppet Christmas Carol. Love it. I'll probably just go and watch it now. Um, we hope you enjoy this. If uh, you preferred us being really happy for a week, let us know. Uh, give us feedback and we'll we'll start picking films that we like. I imagine all of you feel very unsettled right now. Just like, this isn't the Ian that we know. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. It's great. And I tell you, the voice modulator didn't cost that much either. Um, <laughs> what, to so, give me a, a happy know. inflection? No, the guy who's playing Ian this week, um, <laughs> you know. Does a spot-on accent. The guy playing Sean's a bit yeah. ropey. <laughs> uh, that's a when, isn't he? Yes. Right. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Why are you thanking them? We're the ones doing all the hard work. Shut up, you, Scrooge. <laughs> Humbug. Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I, at least, would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM, email us at an Englishman and an Irishman at gmail.com, 
and check out our website www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at Galactic underscore Dave and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome and we love you very much.